Uh, we'll start with Jim McBride, followed by Mike Giardi. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, good morning, Coach. Hi, uh, Jim. I wanted to ask you about your uh, your recollections of Jack Easterby and his time with your uh, organization. Yeah, Jack was, uh, you know, Jack was here for six years. Um, you know, he was really good for good for our football team, for the organization. Uh, he did uh, everything I asked him to do, um, and he had a good uh, good interaction, relationship with everybody uh, in our building, from the support people to the players to the coaching staff and and so forth. Um, you know, I learned a lot from Jack. I think we learned a lot from each other, and uh, we went through a lot together. Um, so he, you know. He, he had a good, uh, positive impact uh, on our football team and on our organization. Thank you. Sure. Next question, Mike Chiardi, followed by Matt McCord. Good morning, Bill. Um, Post-game Sunday, you talked about Chase Winovich having a great week of practice. And obviously, he played off the ball a decent amount. He said he hadn't really done that since high school. So I'm curious, A, if the tape backed up your feelings about how he played that day. And also, what sort of led you to have him play off the ball when he, as you said, he hadn't done it very, very much? Uh, right. Well, uh, just the the defense that we uh, had in that particular, uh, some of those plays uh, that were called, um, it, you know, he he did that, and as you said, it wasn't something that he's done a lot of, and he didn't do a lot of it for us, um, but. You know, in those particular situations, uh, was that's kind of what was called for. And one thing about Chase, he's always willing to and ready to do whatever you ask him to do. So, um, you know, he learned uh, the assignments on that and what to do, and I thought I did a good job of it. Uh, next question, Matt Vitor, followed by Matt Dahl. Bill, I was wondering if um, you expected to add Sony Michelle to be healthy enough to activate this week? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Sonny's been working hard. Uh, he's practiced the last two weeks, um, so we'll see how things go this week. But, uh, you know, hopefully. Will it will be, will be a challenge to, to figure out how to, uh, how to best utilize all of those running backs who all contributed for you? Uh, yeah, well, we'll go through our process like we always do and, you know, try to put together uh, what we feel like would be the best uh, game plan and best way to um, attack, attack the Texans. Um, you know they're they're a very good defensive team. They're very well coached, and so uh, we'll need need everybody we can get to, you know, to help deal with those guys. It's a good football team. It's good defense. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, next question, Matt Dahl, followed by Max Bruno. Morning, Bill. So, um, against the Ravens, I noticed in twenty-one personnel, you tended to mix up the receiver pairings. I know Jacoby was out there every play, but Sometimes he was with Nikhil, sometimes he was with Demir. How right. much of that was sort of matchup based or was it more about maybe managing the workload of the receivers as that game went on? Yeah, I think all of the above. Um, again, we have a lot of confidence in, in all the players and all of our receivers and uh, they they work well together and handle different roles and uh, can, you know, try to take we can try to take advantage of certain things that they do, but uh, they're really able to you know, to do it all, but as you said, to kind of manage the group and, um, you know, let guys concentrate on specific plays or specific roles uh, that um, we think they'd be, you know, good in, then we try to, you know, try to do that where we can, not to be predictable and 
uh, you know, do the same thing all the time. I'm not saying that, but you know, there there are times you can take advantage of uh, different combinations of people in there and what they do and you know how to you know how it fits together. So you know, I thought Josh and, and the offensive staff did a good job of that. They, um, you know, we, we use the people that we have offensively and and try to put them in positions where they can be productive. Thanks. You're welcome. So just wanted to ask about with the offensive line, you have uh, two coaches uh, work, working with that position group now, and I'm wondering how uh, Car Carmen and Cole have been working together and how their dynamic has worked, uh, you know, compared to how, you know, most of the other position groups have one person kind of overseeing the operation. Yeah, well, we have, you know, we, we have multiple people working in, in – uh, you know, in the same position group in a lot of areas. So, um, you know, we have two coaches in the secondary. We have two coaches with the linebackers. We have, you know, Troy and Ivan with the running backs. And, um, you know, Josh kind of oversees a little bit of everything offensively. So, um, and it's, I'd say that's fairly common. But particularly with the offensive line, that's the largest group on the field. So, uh, you know, we have usually anywhere between, you know, call it 11 to 13 players. Uh, on our roster, including uh, practice squad, not including injury reserve, uh, and that's a lot of guys to you know. It's a lot of guys to coach, and some players are uh, at different stages. Maybe the the five or six guys that you know you expect to play uh, the most, and then you have other groups of guys that uh, are in a, more of a developmental stage that may not play that much, but uh, you know that that could have a uh, an impact on the game as they develop or, uh, you know, if, if you need them to move up due to uh, injuries and things like that. So, uh, you know, and I'd say also there's a, a difference between uh, what the centers and guards do and what the tackles do with tight ends and uh, pass protection and things like that. So there are different ways to, to break those combinations up. Uh, I think that Carmen Cole have worked well together. They both do a good job. Um, and they both have a lot of experience uh, with the offensive line, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, experience and, you know, coaching different types of players and maybe on different levels, uh, you know, Cole more here. Uh, but, you know, Carm's had a lot of experience on that as well. And so uh, we try to, you know, coach all the players and help all the players. And you know, I really feel like you need two guys to, you know, really to be able to do that when, when you have the number of players that, you know, we have at that position, uh, or everybody does for that matter. So I think you see a lot of teams that have some type of a, a two-coach setup there. What's the dynamic like between the two of them and sort of a personality perspective and a coaching style? Yeah, well, I mean, again, if, you know, all of us have different personalities and, and you know, different ways of uh, motivating, communicating, and teaching and so forth. But uh, you know, they're both, they're both relatively young. Uh, I think they connect well to, you know, all the players. And again, they all work with, with everybody at some point or another. So, um, you know, it's really about teaching and, um, if a person's not learning one way or if they learn better one way than another way, then you modify the teaching, uh, to that person. Again, that's a lot easier to do when you have smaller groups than, you know, than one big, large one. So, um, you know, they've, you know, Carmen spends probably a little more time with the younger players and, you know, Cole a little bit more with, you know, the guys that, uh, you know, have more playing time. But they, you know, they, they overlap and, and work with each other and, you know, both have a lot of good ideas in terms of game planning and, 
strategy and things like that. So, you know, it's a, you know, it's a good situation. We're fortunate to have, you know, two good coaches at that position. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's, that's really beneficial for everybody. Thanks, Coach. You're welcome. Morning, Bill. Kind of along those lines, as you've been in the league, support staff, coaching staffs have gotten you know, obviously so much bigger and there's such a specificity to what they do. Is There's obvious benefit. Do you see any downsides to, to that at all? And has there, do you see any, any, any negatives from staffs having gotten so much bigger? Uh, well, I, again, I think it's the overall functionality that's important. Um, you know, we've generally been on the, the lower number relative to the rest of the league through the years. And um, you know, I'd say as a head coach or as a coordinator uh, that, you know, it's easier to manage a smaller number of people than a larger number of people just in general, not any specific person or group, but just in general, it's, you know, probably easier to manage, you know, 15 people than 25 or, 10 instead of 15 or you know whatever the, the you know whatever the numbers are so um but i mean that being said the most important thing is to get everybody on the sa same page to be consistent uh for the players to hear you know a consistent message uh and that always you know falls back on the people involved you know working together communicating together so that um you know if you and i are talking separately to a, a player that we're not telling them two different things and you know, creating a level of confusion or, or misunderstanding or conflict that, you know, we should be able to, you know, coach and answer questions and, uh, you know, teach, you know, the assignments the same way. We might have a different style, but the, the information comes out the same way. So that's, that's sometimes just a little bit challenging. But uh, again, overall, I think that, you know, having a smaller room, uh, you know, having, having a, you know, group of, you know, 10, 12, 13, whatever it is, uh, at times split into to two is better than, you know, always keeping, you know, everybody together. And that could be drill work. It could be a meeting. It could be film, like, you know. But uh, look, there's also a point to having everybody together here the same thing. That's why you have team meetings and, and offensive meetings and offensive line meetings and skill player meetings and things like that is so that everybody does hear the same thing uh, from one person to create that level of consistency. So... You know, it's a balance of all that. I want to ask you about Cam's leadership as well. We've talked all, obviously a lot over the last couple of weeks about his on-field uh, performance, but I'm curious as to what you've noticed you know, kind of behind the scenes in the locker room. His accountability has obviously been really significant uh, with the media and I assume with players, with coaching staff as well. What has the impact been behind the scenes uh, from, from Cam? Yeah, Cam's got a good leadership style. He, uh, you know, he's uh, has a good personality. Gets along with everybody. Works with everybody. Uh, I think everybody feels, uh, you know, a positive connection to him, and that, um, you know, he he knows who they are and cares about them, and you know, wants to, you know, wants to fit in as a member of the team, just like everybody else does. And you know, I think we all appreciate and respect that. So. Um, you know, he demands a lot out of himself, which is, you know, a good leadership trait. Um, and he's very supportive of his teammates, which is another good leadership trait. So, um, you know, I think he's, you know, he's done a, you know, a good job, especially considering that it's a new team and, you know, he doesn't have the background uh, that, you know, some other players uh, and a lot of us have in this organization. 
uh, but he kind of brings a you know a different kind of a fresher maybe um, energy or perspective to to things that you know I think we all can appreciate that as well. So it's really I think it's you know it's worked out in a positive way from that standpoint. Um, sure he's learned some things about our organization and learned some things from us and I think you know we've all learned some things from him uh, and you know can see why he's had the accomplished so much uh, in other you know whether it be at Carolina or at Auburn you know why he's been so successful in other places over a long period of time as well so um, yeah, it's been you know it's been good thanks Bill yeah you're welcome Stacy, good morning, Bill. Hey, Bob. Bill, I want to ask you about the tight end position because there's been one constant there from day one this year, and that's been Ryan Izzo. And whatever challenges he's faced, uh, whether it's a, a reported injury that shows up on the practice report or with the workload, the staff load uh, that he's had, what, what stands out in, his, in terms of his value just being available week after week as really the one guy at that position, again, has been there since day one? Well, Bob, I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's uh, in football. That's that's uh, the number one thing is dependability and availability. Um, you know, player that's out there every day that can continue to work and improve and get better. Um, you know, has a lot of value to the team. And Ryan's been able to do that this year uh, more so than than the other years he's been here. Um, you know, he's always worked hard. He's always been a you know, kind of a, a, you know, quiet kid, but, you know, that's very diligent and works hard, but, you know, he's had some, uh, unfortunately, physical setbacks where, you know, he would be moving along and then uh, miss some time and, you know, not not really be able to have the, the on-the-field consistency that any player needs to, to improve and be successful. Um, you know, I think his training, his, his overall development physically uh, has... Uh, improved and, and that's been helpful for him uh, again in terms of maintaining his durability and and sustaining uh, you know the day after day grind of practices and preparation and games that uh, you know has brought him this far so um, durability is is more important than ability uh, and and Brian I think is a great example of that the fact that he's been out there uh, has has really given him a chance to improve and and he's taken advantage of that and, you know, given us some, you know, uh, some, you know, good play at that position. And that's, you know, certainly this has been his best year, and but it's also been his uh, most durable year. Thank you. Next question, Megan O'Brien, followed by Jim McBride. Hey, Bill, yesterday Romeo Cunell met the Houston media and he talked about how much he learned from you on the racquetball court. I was just curious what, what you learned from being around Romeo and what you took away from those racquetball matchups. Well, what I took away from is neither one of us are very good racquetball players. But, um, you know, I, I would say I, I've enjoyed working with, you know, all the coaches that I've worked with uh, and learned from all of them, whether I was a head coach or an assistant coach. Uh, you know, you learn from everybody. And, and uh, you know, I've always enjoyed my relationships with, 
the players that are on the side of the ball that I was on or the player or the coaches that I was working with on the other side of the ball. Um, and with Romeo, you know, we've always worked um, pretty closely together uh, between defense and special teams. And and he's just, you know, one of the, the very, very best that, that I've ever worked with. Um, he's got a great demeanor. He's a great teacher. Um, he connects well with everybody. He's a very good listener and um, perceptive, and he keeps things um, from getting over complicated. He always emphasizes the most important points that uh, need to be hit on, um, and and he's a uh, does a great job of uh, building the team chemistry. Um, thought that he was a you know very very important part of the. Uh, 1990 uh, championship in um, with the Giants when he, you know, went from being a special teams coach to the defensive line coach and kind of the chemistry that that he added to the defense, um, you know, was was very important to I think the success there. And he just he actually he always adds, you know, in in whatever role or capacity it's in. I mean, he always adds. A lot of positivity. Um, again, he's a great teacher. He's a very good fundamental coach. Uh, so players always get better under him. That's one thing that I I always notice that is the players that he coached. Uh, you'd see a very rapid improvement from where they were when he started with them to uh, where they got to in a fairly short amount of time. Again, whether that was you know in the kicking game when he was a special teams coach or uh, on defense, specifically working with a defensive lineman. Um, and you know he did a great job here as a coordinator. Won three championships. Um, you know nobody had more poise and under pressure and calling games, being in big games, making adjustments. Uh, he just did a you know a tremendous job with that, and you know then went on to uh, you know be a head coach. And and you know I respected and you know admired the way he handled uh, all the things that you know he he's dealt with in, in that job, or you know when he went to Cleveland anyway. Uh, you know, and so he's um, his track record is really, um, you know, superior. And as a person, he's off the charts. Um, and again, just a great, great football man. Uh, that you know, it's in a, I put him in a pretty high, pretty high class. There. There's not not too many that I would that I could rank above him. This kind of goes back to your, your availability point of earlier, but I want to ask you about Lawrence Guy and, and you know how his toughness and how he you know was able to shake off you know multiple injuries and give you some really quality snaps on Sunday night. Yeah, it was very impressive, uh, Jim. You know, I know uh, LG was you know dealing with two or three things uh, last week and you know missed the Jets game, um, which you know it takes a lot to keep him out. Uh, he's physically and mentally you know, one, one of the tougher players that I've coached, certainly one of, one of those on the team. Um, and, uh, you know, to have him come back against the Ravens and, and give us the, the number of plays and the quality of plays, uh, you know, he's just got a great mindset of, uh, you know, I'm never going to feel 100%. It's, if it's pro football. Uh, you get banged up, that's part of it. Uh, but I'm tough enough to work through it, and he shows that on a consistent basis. This is a great example. Uh, to younger players uh, in terms of, you know, just 
having the mental toughness to go out there and and compete and work every day and that's how you get better uh and if you know you let let little things get in the way and and keep you from working then you just don't improve as much so um you know he's a guy that you know everything we've asked him to do he's he's worked hard to improve on it and and do it better and uh, i think you see that in his play um he really does it. he's great with the younger players uh, I mean, everybody looks up to him as they should uh, because of the example he sets and the, you know, the way he carries himself. He's not a, uh, you know, a real loud or, you know, guy who says a lot. But when he talks, everybody listens and, and, and he's on the money and he has a great message because it's always about, you know, the team and, and how to help the team win. Um, he's a very unselfish player. But yeah, the toughness that he showed last week against a you know big offensive line that's you know a, a, a very good running football team. He gives a lot of quality snaps in there against against those guys. Thank you. Yes, sir. Last question, Bill Perry. Hey, Bill. I just wanted to actually follow up on one of Jim's questions from from earlier in the the conversation here about Jack Easterby. Um, I'm just curious. We're, how impressed were you maybe by the way in which Jack's role grew while he was here in New England um, to go from character coach to the position he has now in Houston where he's an executive vice president of football operations? Um, I think, you know, people look at that and, and wonder how that transition gets made. So I wanted to ask you maybe how his role grew while he was here that might have prepared him for the role he has now in Houston. Yeah, I don't know, Phil. That's probably a you know question that you should ask him, and I'm not really sure about that whole situation down there. What you know, how it grew or didn't grow or whatever. I just you know told you what you know what I saw in six years here, and um, you know it's that's really about you know. I think that that was a, it's an honest perspective from here. That's about it right now. You know, trying to get ready for. The Texans, and you know that's that's where all our efforts are focused. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, everyone.